Our number two on the calm before the bomb cyclone. We have more of these powerful, scary, ominous weather terms for the winter. A bomb cyclone doesn't sound real good. I'm going to pick up and give you a lot of details from a Kim Hyatt story. StarTribune.com or in the paper itself. Chad Hartman, Chris Stubbs in today. Dave Harrigan back tomorrow. Our friend Jamie Yukas at the bottom of the hour. And by the way, if you're mad about officials, Dean Blandino used to run the officials in the NFL. Took over after Mike Pereira left. Dean Blandino, like Mike Pereira, on Fox now. Very good. Chris, good job lining up Dean Blandino because I think 98% of Vikings fans were convinced (laughs) that uh, the club was getting screwed on a regular basis during Saturday's game. And by the way, the the, the two calls on uh, the fumbles were atrocious. So let me, I'm going to have to read a little more of this than I like, but I'll try to summarize here as much as I can. So this is a sheriff deputy out of Washington County who died by suicide after struggling with work-related post-traumatic stress, Okay, can now be considered killed in the line of duty, and his wife may be entitled to associated benefits for the survivors. This is what the Court of Appeals ruled yesterday. Gentleman's name, Jerry Lannon, deputy, took his own life in November after a 30-year law enforcement career. His wife's name is Cindy. She applied to the Minnesota Department of Public Safety for benefits provided to survivors of officers killed in the line of duty. She said her husband's death was a result of work-related PTSD. Outgoing DPS Commissioner John Harrington denied the application as a matter of state law because suicide has never qualified. We see this all the time in other aspects of life, including with all sorts of insurance benefits. The court sided with Cindy, the wife, Cindy. It said the meaning of the phrase killed in the line of duty as used in the death benefits statute is broad enough to encompass a death by suicide resulting in PTSD. Now, if they want, the Attorney General's office can appeal. They don't. She, Cindy Lannon, will be the first case to proceed under the new standard. The ruling doesn't mean she's going to immediately be entitled to such benefits. Again, the DPS and Attorney General's office will have an opportunity to contest the opinions of mental health experts. This goes back, you know, almost 50 years ago when the legislature established a special death benefit fund for survivors, surviving spouses, and dependent children of officers killed in the line of duty. But it's ambiguous. In its opinion, the court looked for ways to interpret and understand legislative intent. It looked to case law that defined the phrase as death 
resulting from the performance of those duties peculiar to a peace officer. John Harrington said that in the most recent legislative session, the DPS proposed expanding the eligibility circumstances. So a little more on Jerry Lannon, the officer. He joined the sheriff's office 1999. Long career. Responded to double murder, armed domestic uh, disputes, suicide, child sexual assault, and others. So about seven years ago, diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Started going to therapy. In 2018, he sustained a back injury while lifting his granddaughter. Okay, so this is on his own. In July, followed by a serious car crash in September, after which he took medical leave. Again, this is separate from work. He saw counseling with a new therapist, and that's when PTSD came up. At a November session, Jerry Lannon reported ongoing symptoms of depression, including suicide. Two days later, the supervisor brought him in the emergency room because he was experiencing thoughts of suicide. The doctor said Lannon was at an extremely high risk to follow through with a suicide plan that kept him overnight. Hospital admits him for psychiatric care after he was diagnosed with severe recurrent of major depressive disorder. Two days after his discharge, he attends a therapy session, reports more stress, anxiety, and depressive mood. On November 26th, he died by suicide. Cindy Lannon said the office has been supportive and has made changes to prioritize mental health, which has been the focus of her advocacy work. So, that last part, not the last part, but the part I mentioned about what happened outside of work, a back injury and a serious car crash. So that's separate. But all the other part is tied to his work. And again, let's just go over the dates here again. He's diagnosed with anxiety and depression in 2015, and the next year started going to therapy. Then three years later is when he had these two events happen. And Cindy Lannon told the Pioneer Press that after the crash, her husband's PTSD went into overdrive. For me, and I want to hear from Chris when we come back, and I want to hear from you, okay? So start lining them up right now. 651-461-9226. Call or text. For me, in, in our advancements... And our greater medical understanding by the experts, not me, but by those who do this and understand it. For me, if from your job, in this case as an officer, and there are benefits in the line of duty, PTSD is legit. Are there people who sadly will try to use it in the wrong way? A small amount. We're not going to eliminate the overwhelming number of folks who legitimately have this because some are trying to game the system. So if an officer ends up taking his or her life 
because of PTSD, and it's because of what happened at that job, I think they should qualify. She's honest and says it went into overdrive after this crash. Does that change it? I think this is understanding PTSD more. It's a reminder of how stressful this job can be on a regular basis. I think the legislation should adapt to this. And I I think we should move beyond, and I think we have in many ways from 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 60 years ago, the automatic shame we would put on someone, male or female, if they took their life. What other issues have happened to cause it? In this case, there's a lot of evidence to say this particular occupation was an enormous part of it. What are the mental issues do individuals face which cause them to even contemplate this? What have they dealt with all the time? What has happened again? I hope we're just so much better at understanding this. What do you think? How do we deal with this on benefits? How should policy changes? What stories do you maybe have? What can you share in this? What do you want to say about it? 651-461-9226. That is the city's one talk and text line. 651-461-9226. Our friend Jamie Ukis in less than 15 minutes talking about a very serious topic here i know the pioneer press has covered this story too so i want to give them credit also but i'm picking up on a kim high store in the tribune how a widow ended up at least so far winning in court after over benefits after death by suicide of her husband and ptsd our friend blois olson has chimed in and blois raises a good point on this, Chris Tubbs. I want you to chime in after what Blois says here. The biggest challenge with PTSD is it can come out of nowhere and then take a long time to figure out where it's coming from sometimes. So it's not like you take a test, you know that the cause of your PTSD. That is a part of it. And I get it, and that's why I wanted to highlight, or or not, maybe not highlight, but not let the the other uh, serious matters and injuries which happen away from duty and include that in the conversation of PTSD. But this is an individual, Jerry Lannon, who was talking about anxiety, talking about issues years before that. But his wife does acknowledge, Chris, that the car crash, the serious car crash, accelerated what was taking mm-hmm. place. So as you take all this in, what do you want to say? To me, what I hear in the line of duty, I don't feel like that's a subjective term. I feel like in the line of duty means when you are, you know, physically, you know, doing your job and something happens when you are, you know, actively out there on patrol. I I definitely feel like there are a lot of contributing factors and maybe that car crash was the catalyst to you know to to all of these you know the, the snowball of events i just feel like once you deem that the 
you know, in the line of duty, like I feel like you start to go down a, a slippery slope with all of these mitigating factors and, and PTSD. I mean, it's very, very real, but at, at what point do you have to, you know, kind of say, okay, well, this is where PTSD would apply. This is where it wouldn't apply. I, I just, I feel like well, that's go- why it's hard. Yeah. That's why it's hard. And just continue on Blois's point. We don't we don't have a test available to say okay. In 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 the Jerry Lannon case, okay, we know a hundred percent. If we did a test, uh, May of two thousand sixteen, when he was already talking about anxiety and it was well before this car crash, we did this test. We know he had PTSD then. Yeah, that that's just it. Oh, yeah, but here's what I want to say: we know for many people, PTSD is legit. We know for an incredibly smaller amount, they will cite it and their line to try to get benefits. We see this debate all the time. Listen, we've talked about the number of officers in Minneapolis who have left post-George Floyd and the debate on, well, is this because the mayor and the governor didn't support him? So why do that? job is it because of what they saw is it because they heard from attorneys about this we've had guests on we've had former police officers on this show who have called out some of those officers saying i'm not sure about it we've had other former police officers say about those former police officers you're being too callous come on this is legit so to me part of what you're saying chris is if you know in a horrifying manner if someone is killed while working, okay, that they're investigating, they're, they're, they're covering a case, and they're shot. They, they are covered. But then if somebody has case after case after case, or it's even smaller, mm-hmm. and for some reason they suffer PTSD where other officers don't, and it, in a clear-cut way, changes their life. And one doctor, multiple doctors say she or he has PTSD because of this. I'm not willing to say that they shouldn't get the benefit, but somebody who physically dies right there on the scene, they get it, but the other person doesn't. But at the same time, then let's change the wording of it because then it's not that you know, killed in the line of fire. It's, I, I believe that there are benefits that they are entitled to, but I mean, how do you go about classifying those or quantifying it? Because yeah, and, and I, I just, I feel like it's a misrepresentation when you're saying that, you know, in the line of fire, when, you know, technically well, it says it, line, it says line of duty. Okay. Okay. Li- okay line of duty. <clears throat> but, right. Well, uh, here's another one. Okay. So like, uh, I, and I appreciate uh, friends of mine reaching out through text. Ace Lake, somebody we know very well. Mm-hmm. Here's what Henry says. Will others that have security jobs but not officially police officers be able to use this moving forward? Let's expand on what H is saying there. What about other jobs where it's not just in security, but that job creates an incredible amount of stress? Yes, and their life 
is change because of a singular event or an accumulation. Because it shouldn't just be officers if we're acknowledging that PTSD is absolutely legit with some people, even though it's incredibly difficult to determine where precisely it kicks in, what particular circumstance or circumstances cause it to happen. Let me get to some of the text here. We still have a long way to go in normalizing PTSD and allowing those with it to talk about it without hiding in the shadows. Generations of those in the military suffered from it. Telling someone you automatically had it made you less of a man. I hope this case sets a precedent for future cases so those families who were in service and took their lives received benefits. We are way better than we once were on PTSD, but we have a long way to go. And whether it's you individually or somebody close to you, we we all know someone or of someone who saw, let's just be blunt, hell. Saw it every day. And then we think they can just come back, compartmentalize everything, and go back to their sales job, go back to their radio job, go back. Some can do it. They're the rarities. That also should be included to me in the line of duty conversation, understanding we have a lot of gray, we have a lot of nuance in society. It's not always you good, you bad, uh, in, out. And this is a part of the conversation. Uh, More text here. I find it amazing the mental health can be applied to police officers, but not the general public. That's what I'm saying. What other jobs does this apply to now or moving forward? More text here, 651-461-9226. Thanks for using the correct phrase, death by suicide instead of committing suicide. Also, and I, I really appreciate the transparency here. My husband died by suicide four years ago, longtime Parkinson patient. His employer provided life insurance, did pay out because he worked there for more than five years. I mean, I said at the start when I talked at length about Q and what happened today, I, I'm, I'm all for transparency. I love that people are willing to share that. I want to share. I'm drawn to other shows and whether it's the host or other people willing to talk about real things along with, you know, you know, various nonsense. So great text on this topic. I so appreciate it. 